on the security of the believer. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you're saved, you are totally secure. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. This, without a doubt, is one of the most and one of the greatest passages of scripture regarding the saved. It is a promise, a promotion, and a power that God has, through the Holy Spirit, given to the Apostle Paul to record. The complete security of the believer is totally, unequivocally, based on the sovereignty and sufficiency of Almighty God. That God in his infinite wisdom has purposed a plan of protection, promotion, and power that can never be preempted. And it's here in Romans 8 that Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, educates us on a believer's security or doctrine of preservation, that we are preserved by God and God only. And it's interesting because in systematic theology there are two um, trends of thought Arminianism, which states that man has something to do with his future through his will, his works, his way, and uh, that is totally false. The other position of Calvinism, which states that man has nothing to do with anything, that God is totally responsible for any spiritual advantage that man has. And as you study the scriptures systematically, as you, amen, begin to use the interrogatives of who, how, what, where, when, as you begin to formulate theological positions about what the word says, it is, it is interesting that we are left with a statement of praise. That when we've taken everything into consideration, when we've taken uh, our lives, our history, our hurts, our hindrances, when we know where we came from, when we know what we used to do, when we understand how we used to reason, and, and, and as we matriculate as we go along and we begin to look back and retrospect and see that there is an invisible, all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful God 
that was always behind the scenes. Do I have a witness? We omit luck. We, we omit uh, chance. Do I have a witness? Those of us that are saved, we know that we know. That we know. <laughs> that we know. That there is a splendorous God. There is a God of glory, a God of power, a God of guidance, a God of direction that was always in the background working. Can I, and, and, and that's why Paul in verse 28 says, and we know. It's the assurance of the believer. We know that all things are working together for the good. The ups, the downs, the ins, the outs. Amen. Those times of uncertainty, we know that God is too wise to make a mistake. And, and it's here in Romans chapter 8 that there, there are some significant questions about our faith, our fellowship, and our finish that Paul begins to entertain and as we laid the foundation on the book of Romans, and I, and I told you before that the book of Romans uh, was a curriculum that all lawyers had to take in Yale and Harvard back in the 1700s because Yale and Harvard were Christian schools. And the book of Romans was so impactful and amen, it, it, it was so instrumental in, in learning, listen, in learning how a lawyer should think, how a lawyer should lay out a case that, 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 that lawyers had to take the book of Romans in Yale and Harvard because God was very systematic. God was very, listen, God, God was very insightful about law. And, and, and one may ask the question, why must I be saved? And the answer is the doctrine of condemnation. Romans chapters 1 through 3, that God said the Gentiles are guilty in chapter 1, the Jews are guilty in chapter 2, and everybody's guilty in chapter 3, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Can I get a witness? That's why you must be saved, because God says we all have fallen short. Can I get a witness? So you can't omit yourself. You can't continue to lie about yourself. You can't continue, amen, to, to fantasize about yourself. God said, I didn't say it. God said, every one of us have sinned and fallen short. So why must I be saved is the doctrine of condemnation. And then how am I saved? The doctrine of justification. That, 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 that the moment we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, God the Son, he died for my sins, was buried, and rose again with all power in his hands, he imputes there, the doctrine of imputation. He imputes his righteousness to our accounts. Hey, can I get a witness? He takes all of his righteousness and put it to our accounts, and he takes all of our unrighteousness and places it on the cross where Jesus died. Do I have a witness? Hanging there with me. So why must I be saved? Doctrine of condemnation. How am I saved? Doctrine of justification. What happens after I'm saved? Doctrine of sanctification. Yeah. Romans 5 to 7. The Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit progressively starts cleaning us up. I do I have a witness up in the house. Amen. I may not be everything I ought to be, but thanks be to God, I'm not what I used to be. Can I get a witness? Once you get saved, something's got to go out the window. Can I get a witness? You can't keep hormoning. You can't keep getting drunk. You can't keep sniffing this and snorting that. You, you can't keep shooting this. When you meet Jesus, something has got to change. 
do I have a witness? And child of God is progressively, so here we go. Why must I be saved? Condemnation. How am I saved? Justification. What happens after I'm saved? Sanctification. And how do I know that I won't lose my salvation? Preservation. God said you can't lose it. The reason you can't lose it is because you ain't nothing to do with it. Can I get a witness? That, that told, so Paul, Paul begins to close this critical chapter with three phenomenal facets of our faith. And I want you to see this because the last thing I'm going to deal with is when Paul says, for I am persuaded. You know why we keep going through all these hell wars? You know why we keep waking up not feeling good about ourselves, wanting to die and tired of this and tired of that? Because you're not persuaded. When you, when you and I are persuaded, like Paul was, very little bothers you. Can I get because because you begin to understand that God is really in control, even when we out of control. Uh, do I have a witness? And, and child of God, you begin to understand that whatever you're going through this morning, it won't last. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. Uh, do I have a witness? You you begin to understand that he that hath begun a good work in you will keep on doing it to the day of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? Child of God, you, be, you, you, you begin to understand that he'll walk with you and he'll talk with you and uh, he'll sit with you. Can I get a witness? He's the paraclete. He's, he's all powerful. He didn't leave you to yourself. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't, don't let your heart become agitated. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'd go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. See, persuasion pulls up the promises. Don't get me started on these promises. Can I get a witness? God has promised that the redeemed is victorious. God has promised, God has promised, God has promised. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why, David, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, thy hook and thy crook, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table, I'm preaching now, before me in the presence of my enemies. Can I stop, 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 pause and part? Here's what God says. Raymond Gordon, if you're faithful to me, I'm going to call a party of your enemies. I'm going to get them all in one room. Then I'm going to prepare a table. Right smack dab in the face of your enemies. Can I get a witness? And I'm going to cause your cup to run over. Can I get a witness? It's going to run over right in front of your enemies. They're going to say, you know what? We cursed him, but he's blessed. We didn't like him, but God loves him. We weren't for him, but God is for him. Can I get a witness? Ha-ha. And see, David fixed that thing. Thank you, Jesus. Everything that David talks about in the believing to the shepherd is in the front. Can I get a witness? He walks with me. He, he goes before me. He blesses me. Can I get it? But only David said, surely. Goodness. I said goodness. And mercy shall follow me all the days 
of my life. I wish I had a witness. So we got to leave here this morning persuaded. If the marriage is shaky, just keep praying. God is able. If you're in the lion's den, he can get the lion's lockjaw. He's able. If you went into a fiery furnace, he can take the heat out. He's able. Can I get a witness? If you're in a lion's den, he can, listen, he can do whatever he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, and by whom he wants to do it. That's what makes him God. God does not rush to, again, God does not rush in to save us. He does not rush in to help us. Sometimes God will sit back and let everything come against us. Can I get away? Because man's extremity becomes God's opportunity. Do I have a witness? In other words, God likes stuff that looks impossible. Can I get a witness? And when stuff looks impossible, then he's ready to work. Do I have a witness? He's an impossible God. He's an all-powerful God. He's an all-knowing God. Can I get a witness? So God, God wants us to be persuaded. Not in you or not in me, but in him. Can I get a witness? And so, child of God, here's Paul in this, in the close of one of the greatest doctrinal treaties in all the Bible. And it's here that he begins, we see the promises of his purpose in verse 29. I want you to stay with me now. For whom he did for no. Now, first we see the counsel of God. Now, I don't want you to turn the page, you can write it down. Ephesians 1.11, in the context of the Trinity, of the tri Tritarian God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, God the Father chose us, elected us, adopted us, predestined us. God the Son died for us. The God the Holy Spirit sealed us and confirmed us. We are signed, sealed, and delivered. It's in the context of Ephesians 1, 11, that the Bible says, and God, listen to this, does all things, works all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, let me stop starting part. He didn't say he does everything after he consults with us. He does everything after the counsel of his own will. That word will has two distinct meanings. One in the Greek is thelema, T-H-E-L-E-M-A. It, 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 it deals with what God wills to happen. Now, you know, when God wills something to happen, nothing can, amen, make it not happen. Do I have a witness? And then the third, and then the second uh, 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 word is bolema, which is a deliberate design of purpose. So when we begin to look at this text, we'll see three things, a period, a pattern, and a position. And when we look at verse 29, God's promise of, a, listen to this, a predetermined period, which is his foreknowledge. Now, now, now hang in there. For whom he did foreknow. Now, the word foreknowledge, foreknow, is not only to know something before it happens. Amen. That's, that's, that does not, amen, fully define foreknowledge. It's to know up front before it happens, to know what's going to happen, what know what has to happen, 
what no, they can't change what happened. That, that is, there, there, there are three A's. I was saying this morning as, as I was studying this passage, and typically what I do, I thank God for the gift he's given me of teaching, but what, typically what I do in the gift of knowledge, what I do is I'll take my commentaries, I'll take my systematic theology, I'll study it, I'll see what they say, don't always agree with them, I'll shut the books, and then I'll go to the side and I'll just close my eyes and listen for God. Because the word is inexhaustible. And what God laid on my heart was foreknowledge has to do with what I anticipate and then the anticipation is waiting on an action and then the action moves to an aftermath. You didn't get this. So God's foreknowledge, now this is me, God's foreknowledge is to say before, before the world was, before the angelic host was, before the universe was, I chose to call Raymond Gordon. And that's my anticipation. I've already called him and yet no one else is living. The human race is not even, amen, implemented at this point. I know what kind of actions he's going to live. He's going to be messed up, dirty, filthy, and in the world. But the aftermath is what I plan in the anticipation. So something drastic has got to happen between the action and the aftermath. I'm preaching already. You ain't getting this. So, so, so the reason, my brothers and sisters out there in TV land, that you are wrong for saying you can lose your salvation and you're wrong for saying that you can fall away is because you are, listen, in error about where salvation actually comes from. If it came from me, I agree with you. I can get weak tonight and fall. Do I have a witness? But my Bible says my salvation is reserved in heaven. And, and, and so, and so, and so, listen, for knowledge precedes election. Election precedes predestination. Now let me go, let me, let me, let me back up, let me back up, back up. Election is God choosing who he wants to save. I know some of y'all got a problem with that too. Jacob I, Jacob I, Jacob I love, Esau I hate it. Even before the babies were born. Can I get away? Here, here, here is, here is, uh, amen. Here's uh, Rachel, I believe, carrying in her, or was it Rebecca? Here's, here's one, of, one, of, one of the women carrying in her womb. Lord have mercy, Rebecca. Here, here, I, I thought my preacher was going to say something. It, it, it sounded like they was going to say Ramona. But, but, but look, I, but anyway, here, here's the babies, here's the babies in the mother's womb, and God said before they even came out, I had already chosen the one over the other. Can I get a witness? And so, child of God, if foreknowledge comes before election, before God said, I choose you to be saved, he had already foreknowledge of you. Foreknowledge precedes election. Election precedes, uh-oh, predestination. Predestination. Before I gave you a destination, I knew you. I elected you. 
Then I put you where I wanted you to be. Even before you were born. Before the foundation of the world. See, see, listen, see, listen. You know why we can't shout on Sunday? Because we dumb. No, no, I'm, I know. And I need to tell you this. I need to, see, when you understand this word, when I think about, it's cognitive. It's not emotional. It's cognitive. When I think about the goodness of Jesus. Well, how good has Jesus been? Well, he's been mighty good. Before I came out of my mother's womb, he called me. He, he chose me. He ordained me. He, he, he predestined me. Can I get a witness? And according to Hebrews, Lord have mercy, 114, when I came out of my mother's womb and the doctor hit me, there was an angel there to travel with me through life because I was an heir of salvation. Y'all ain't getting this stuff. Well, wait a minute. Something's wrong. I thought you got high, ran, fornicated, and, and ran. Yeah, I did. Well, I, well, you mean the angel was with you every step of the way? How could God give you an angel when you was getting high, getting drunk, cussing and fussing and fornicating? Because God is so deep. That God ordered your steps before you even knew who God was. Can I get a witness? All you got to do is calculate stuff up. Why don't you think that's why you didn't get killed in that car crash? When your car crashed, the angel made sure you got out. That's why you didn't perish in that house fire. That's why when you was in the operating room, nothing went wrong. The anesthesiologist didn't get it wrong. Can I get a witness? That, that's why when you was out there putting stuff in your body, you didn't OD. Because there was an angel somewhere making sure that you stayed alive until you got saved through Jesus Christ. That's why we shout. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You've been mighty good. When I was in college, when I was in, when you was in grad school, when you, yeah, 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 yeah. When you was out there doing your thing, amen, in the wee hours of the morning, walking past dark alleys, going into one way, God was with you. Somebody said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. See, see, here's the, here's where the theology goes wrong. God didn't start being with you when you got saved. God has always been with you. Can I get a witness? So we ought to be praising him on the past. Lord, thank you for the 50s, the 40s, the 30s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Thank you. There's a predetermined period in verse 29 and then there's a predetermined pattern in verse 29. Look at verse 29. Come on now. We got to move. <laughs> For whom he did foreknow, he also, here it is, predestinate to be what? 
conformed to the image of his son. Now, let me, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lightning rod for controversy. So let me keep it up. If you're homosexual today and you claim to be saved, you won't be homosexual too long. Hello. God is not going to leave you in the same state. Do I have a witness? We, we, we hush, hush, or don't want to say the wrong thing, want to be political, or can heck with all that. You, you, you better hear what the Bible says. Can I get a witness? See, the world wants to treat sin like there is no answer, there is no judgment day. There's a, we can keep living any kind of way we want, and, and do whatever we want. It's going to be all right. No, it's not going to be all right. Whom he did foreknow, he also, and listen, he wants us to be conformed to the image of his what? Son, that he might be first one among my brother. Now, here, here's, where, here's, here's where we're getting hot now. Yeah, don't get quiet at that end. Praise Jake. That, so, so he deals with a predetermined period, a predetermined pattern. Amen. Now, notice this. And whom he called, them he also justified. Now, notice the ED, past tense, and whom he justified, he also what? We're already glorified. I know, I know. See, see the infinite mind of God is not comprehensible to the finite mind of man. Are y'all getting this? So God said, only I can do this. So right now, I'm not in St. Matthew's preaching. I'm seated positionally in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm already robed. I'm already crowned. I'm already glorified. You ain't getting this. Because when God speaks a word, it's eternal. It's final. Can I get a witness? So, 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 so look, 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 at this, look at this language. Paul says, now what you see this, he's dealing with the promises of his purpose that I saved you, I gave you direction, I gave you outcome, I gave you glory. It didn't come from the pastor, it didn't come from the church, it didn't come from your family. Uh, can I get a witness? Amen. Only I can do this. Only I can call things that be not. As though it already was. Did you hear that? Only God can do that. Only God, only God can take a pimp and make him a preacher. Only God can take a prostitute and make a praise warrior. Can I get a witness? Only God can change, Lord have mercy, metamorphosize us into something else. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so when you begin, hang in there with me now, when you begin to look at, amen, this matter of God's, yeah, uh, of his promises, of his purpose. Then, next he moves to the proof of his purposes, beginning in verse 31. Now, now in beginning in verse 31 is in, interesting theologically, and I'm trying to teach us because, see, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What increases your faith is the word. Amen. Can I get a witness? Not chanting, not, yeah, not closing, you know, closing the blinds and cutting the toes off and, and start speaking and sometimes, no, that, no, no, the word of God starts helping our faith. So here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we're going to school, Paul starts asking some rhetorical questions. What is a rhetorical question? It needs no answer. Just like a paradox 
is an apparent contradiction. They all threw the word of God. Can I get a witness? So Paul begins to add these rhetor- ask these rhetorical questions. Look what he says, verse 31. What shall we say then? And, and here, listen, he, he's dealing, Lord have mercy, and this is deep. He's dealing with, amen, the uh, charge. What shall we say then to these things? If, since, God before us. Who is bad enough to stand up against him, against us? I was working in the government before I started pastoring. And I came, I retired out of the government, I think, in 84. I mean, 87, I retired. Uh, I was in the communication specialist, what I did, seven years in the Air Force. And... um, I noticed something that um, my aspirations for the future, if you ask me about promotions or the organizational future, it was always Jesus. And to the people that were unsaved, there was foolishness. Well, don't you know, Jesus, you know, he's got my, he's got my future. He's, I'm in his hands. Because I wanted him to get the praise when he lifted me up out of there. And I knew if I kept pushing his name out there, he was surely going to pull me up out. Y'all ain't getting this. Can I get a witness? And child child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God, that, amen, what, what, what Paul begins to say, who can defy the edicts of God? Who can, who can, who has more power than God? And the answer is nobody. You, you, you remember back in the book of Daniel, and, 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 and understand contextually, back in the book of Daniel, Daniel was one of the, uh, uh, yeah, the um, young teenagers taken away in captivity. He, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that wasn't really their names. They had Hebrew names. Uh, uh, and, and, and when they got to Babylon, they changed their names. They tried to change their diets. They tried to change their worship. And Daniel had purpose in his heart that he would not sin against God. Are y'all getting this? So anyway, a little later up the road, amen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel's close friends, were faced with a dilemma that Nebuchadnezzar, amen, Nebuchadnezzar said, well, okay, I'm going to make a statue, 666, I'm going to make a statue about 60 feet tall, and whoever don't fall down and worship the statue, I'm going to throw into the uh, oven of fire. And, 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 and so everybody, and by the way, this was a plot to get them to fall anyway, a people that was jealous of them. And, and so they made this great statue, which represents the Antichrist, and that's just what Satan and the Antichrist going to do. You don't fall down and worship, they're going to take you out. That's, just, that's during the tribulation period. However, they came to Nebuchadnezzar and said, you know, there's three Hebrew boys that refuse to fall down and worship the statue. So Nebuchadnezzar got angry. He said, who are they? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, bring them here. And he said, oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are you refusing to worship this God that I have set up? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer you. You're king, and we respect that. But we will not fall down and worship that statue. 
and 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 Shad and and never never getting angry, but they said something a little further up the road. They said, "And be it known to you," they said, "Our God, whom we serve, He's able." But if he doesn't deliver us, we still will not fall down and worship you. And so Nebuchadnezzar said, he dove in seven times harder. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, now watch this now. And who is that God that will deliver you out of my hand? See, once you put Jesus' name out there, amen, all you got to do is back up. Because now the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. I wish I had a witness up in this place. So they threw him in the oven, and, and then they're in the midst of the fire. They're in the oven, and Nebuchadnezzar looked in the door of the oven and said, wait a minute. <laughs> Did not I cast three in? But behold, I see a fourth one. And it looks like the Son of God. Do you know when Satan puts you in the heat, Jesus is right in the heat with you. He'll snatch the heat. He'll snatch the fire. He'll snatch the pain. He's faithful. When you're walking through something, he's walking with you. When you're suffering, he's suffering with you. He's got your back. He's got your front. He's got your side. I'm a witness. He'll never leave you. Nor forsake you. Look at the channel. Look at look at look at look at look at the channel. Look at the charge. Verse thirty-three. He spared not his own son. That's the channel. Jesus is the channel. He freely gives us all things. Thirty-three. Who shall lay anything to the what? To the charge of God's elect. Since it's God that justifies. My God, all my sins that I did, and I did some sins, Doc. God took them, forgave me of them, cleansed me from them, and threw them in the sea of forgetfulness and put a sign up called no fishing. You can't fish out my sins because I've been justified. Can I get a witness? I've been forgiven by God. And that's why I don't walk around with no guilt of my past. And that's, that's part of the problem of church folk. They still carry a lot of guilt because you don't know you've been delivered. Can I get a witness? Child of God, he, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Look at verse 34. Look at the condemnation question. Uh, who is he that condemneth? It, it is Christ that died rather than is risen again. Right hand side of God, making, pleading, intercession, praying for the saints. Real quick, look at the cancellation. Are you with me? Who shall separate us from the love that's in Jesus Christ? Tribulation, the word is thalipsis in the Greek. It is, it, it is a hardcore trouble. Shall trouble separate us? The answer is no. Rhetorical. Distress, no. Persecution, no. Famine, no. Nakedness, peril, sword, no. As it is written, now watch this now, we're sheep. We're killed all the day long for the slaughter. Check it out. And then, hanging in with me, it is, it, is, it, is, it is here that Paul, asking these rhetorical questions, gives proof to the fact that we can never 
under any circumstances be separated from God's love. There are going to be times when you don't think God is in the neighborhood. He's right there. Times when you can't feel his presence, he's right there. He's closer to you than you are to yourself. Can I get a witness? It reminds me of the man who had a dream walking on the beach, you know, pebbles in the sand. You, you, you know, I mean, footsteps in the sand. And, 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 the, and, the, and the poem says that, that, that he, this man was walking during the, uh, uh, with Jesus, amen, uh, on the beach, in the sand, and he said, Lord, and they was looking up in the sky at, at all the scenes of this man's life, and he said, Lord, um, let me ask you a question. Um, I see us walking in the sand, I see two sets of footprints, but why is it that at the lowest times in my life, I only see one set of footprints? Jesus said, it was then I carried you. Can I get a witness? He carries us. When we go through trouble, when we don't think we can make it, he carries us. When we want to end life, when we don't want to be here no more, when we're tired of being tired of being tired of being tired, he's carrying you through trouble. He deals with this matter of promises, proof, but finally, persuasion. No doubt, no doubt, one of the deepest parts of Scripture. But you cannot interpret verse 38 until you go back up to interpret verse 37. No. Hmm. 17 things in the text that will not separate us from God's love. No. First it was yea, though I walk through the valley. Now it's no way. No. In John 21, don't turn, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he was on the beach with fish being cooked. The disciples had lost hope in who he was. They wanted to go back fishing. Peter and the boys, seven of them. I'm tired of this. Messiah business, let's go back to what we know. Go back fishing. Jesus is on the beach. They didn't know it was the resurrected Christ. And he, he hollers out to them. He says, guys, have you caught any fish? They said, no, we've caught none. Jesus says, throw your nets on the other side of the boat and you will catch fish. At his word, when Jesus said that, telepathically, he, amen, summoned a school of fish to be in place. So when they threw their nets, they would catch them. Y'all not getting this. When God is ready to bless you, it's not based on how good you are. He summons a blessing. But you and I have got to get to the other side of the ship in order to receive the blessing. And they took in all these fish, and the Bible says, and the nets were full of fish, but the nets did not break. That symbolism is a picture of eternal security. I will make you fishers of men. When you catch men for me, 
the net will never break. They can never go back into the world. They can never return into sin. They, they can never lose their salvation because no man will pluck them out of my hand. Do I have a witness? So here in this persuasion thing, when you get up to verse 37, it says, No, in all these things, at least 17, no, in all these things, we are, watch the language, more than conquerors. The word conqueror is nikeo in the Greek. We are victorious in Christ. But that's not what he says. He says, here we are more. Hooper nikeo in the Greek. We are so beyond victory in Christ. It's not victory, it's hoopo, hooper kaneo. We are so beyond the line of victory that it is impossible for us to fail. Where sin abounded, grace super abounded. God says, I'm giving a dosage that makes it impossible for you to fall short. I do have a witness. I'm coming in now. That is, he says, for we are more than conquerors through him that love us. And then Paul says, for I am, here it is, persuaded. Well, child of God, what persuades us? Well, uh, uh, the fact that I know God has a foreknowledge. Can I get away? He anticipates the action before it happens. He has an aftermath as an answer. Amen. Because God has already foreseen and has a foreknowledge and he's given me a faith. Lord have mercy. For by grace you save through faith and that faith is not yours. It's a gift of God lest any man should boast. Here's what God says. I've deposited in you a faith that come hell or high water you ain't going to fail. I've given you something in your bosom in which the Holy Spirit lives in and we have this treasure in the trash. We have a treasure hidden in earthen vessels. Listen to this. Some of us don't even like this. That the power might be of God and not of us. Let me, let me, let me give you a truism. In fact, let me give you a Gordonism. The less you have to say about yourself and the more you have to say about Jesus, come on, come on, the quicker you will be blessed. I can tell you that right now. Some of y'all, some, some of us, so we, we so stuck on ourselves that we can't get out of the way. And Jesus ain't sharing his glory with nobody. Can I get a witness? You sing a song, you want people to come up and say you got a beautiful voice. That is dumb as all days long. Can I get a witness? Uh, you preach a sermon, somebody, you are, no, no, no. Learn to get out of the way. Learn to give him all the credit. Learn to give him all the glory. Learn to give him all the honor. Well, baby, I got a question. How did you manage to do that? Jesus. I dare you to get a diet of Jesus and cut your name out of the equation. Can I get a witness? I dare you, I double dare I triple dare you. Get out of the way. Do I have a witness? Yeah, y'all can look at me funny all you want. Been there, done that. 
because the more I bring him up, the closer he comes into my being. The more I brag him up, he's determined to deliver me. The more I brag him up, he's determined to bless me. Can I get a witness? Child of God is the foreknowledge, it's the faith, it's the fixed anticipation, it's the fruitfulness, it's his faithfulness. For I am persuaded. Look at the spheres that neither death mm, nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature. Now stop, stop. I love this. One commentator said, Paul went all through these lists and said, you know what? I'm tired of giving the list. Let me just put this caption in there and any other creature. <laughs> Anything else you can come up with cannot separate us from the love of God. That's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, Paul, Paul, I'm talking to Paul. He wrote the book under the inspiration of Paul, why are you persuaded? Because I saw Jesus on a Damascus road. He threw me off my jackass. Can I get a witness? And it was noontime and, the, and his light was brighter than the sun. And he, he said, Saul, Saul, that means great one. Why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. Can I get away? He said, Saul, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks, the goads. Now, now let me break this down. The goads, the pricks, the goads is that metal petition on a chariot. When the chariot rider is beating the horse to go faster, uh, uh, invariably the horse will periodically kick back trying to hurt the, 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 the rider. And Jesus said to Paul, you're kicking back at me, but you're hurting yourself. Can I get a witness? Because there's a metal petition between me and you. Atheists, agnostics say, well, I don't believe in no Jesus. Here's what he can do and spit. And you're a dummy because God has made the, uh, amen, gravity. So when you spit up, it's coming back down to your face. Do I have a witness? You, you can't. Your arms are too short to box with God. Can I get a witness? Paul says, I saw him on the Damascus road. Paul said, I was summoned to the third heaven, and I saw things too wonderful to articulate. Paul says, I was saved after being beaten by clubs. I was separated from prison by angels. I was sanctioned out of jail when I saw Jesus. He said, and I experienced a supernatural conversion. I am persuaded. Thank you, Jesus. You got to walk out here persuaded. You can't be hypothetical, amen, trying to be hypothetical about stuff. You, you can't be philosophical about it. You got to know that you know that you know. You got to be persuaded that it wasn't chance or luck. It was Jesus that brought you a mighty long way. You, you got to know if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, where would I be? Can I, you can't give your mother and husband and wife and brother the credit. All the credit goes to Jesus. Can I get a witness? I know who did. I know 
who did in my life what he did in my life. That's why I praise him. Can I get a witness? Because it wasn't by power, not by might, but by his spirit, saith the Lord. Well, why are you persuaded? I'm persuaded because he's the potter and I'm the clay. I'm persuaded because he that have begun a good work in me will keep on doing it to the day of Jesus Christ. I am persuaded and we know that all things are working together for the good. I am persuaded because I've been young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. I am persuaded because weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. I am persuaded because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I am. I am. I'm persuaded that Jesus died in my place. Can I get it? Didn't he die? He died till the sun stopped shining. He died till the earth stopped reeling and rocking. He died to a Roman centurion said, surely this was the son of God. Buddha didn't die for you. Mohammed didn't die for you. Jehovah's Witnesses didn't die for you. There's only one name under heaven whereby we must be saved. And that's the name of Jesus. He died. He was buried. And he rose again with all power in his head. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. He brought me through 27 years of marriage. I'm persuaded. 28 years of ministry. I'm persuaded. When my body got sick, he healed it. I'm persuaded. When, 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 when I had death in the family, he carried me. I'm persuaded. He's worthy. Anywhere he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. And because I'm persuaded, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. I'm persuaded, and since I'm persuaded, the joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. I'm persuaded that he's able, any able, able, he's able to do far exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask of thee. I am persuaded. That when this earthly house dissolves, I got another building eternal in the heavens. I am persuaded. Thank you, Jesus. And because I'm persuaded, Satan, take your best shot. It ain't going to work. I've walked with him. I've talked with him. I've waited on him. I experienced him. I am. I am. I am persuaded he's my big brother. Can I get a witness? You remember, the, you remember the story I told you about? I'm coming in now. The story I told you about, about the little boy that came home from school, and he said, uh, he went up to his big brother and said, you know what, uh, there's this bully in school, and every day he's pushing me and hitting me, and I don't know what to do. I can't beat him. So the big brother said, here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to go to his house right now. I want you to knock on the door, and when he comes to the door, say, bully, the next time you put your hands on me, and me and you going to fight. And the little boy was nervous. He said, I can't do that. He said, do what I told you to do. So the little boy went to the bully's house, knocked on the door, and the bully came to the door and said, what do you want? And the little boy said, the next time you put your hand on me, me and you going to fight. And the bully just looked up at him and walked back in and shut the door. The little boy was confused. The little boy went home and told his brother, he said, I don't know. I don't understand what happened. The brother said, what do you mean? He said, I did what you told me. I knocked on the door. I told him the next time he tries to bully me, we're going to fight. He said, I don't know. He just went in and shut the door. So the big brother said, let me tell you what happened. When you knocked on the door and he opened the door, I was standing behind you in the street. And he looked up and saw me. And he went back in the house and shut the door. When Satan is bullying you, you got a big brother named Jesus Christ who's standing behind you. He's standing there behind you. And Satan don't want to fool with him. Can I get a witness? That's why he's wild. He's wild. Every head is bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you need to be saved, if you're not saved, unsure if you're saved, be honest with God. Raise your hand. You want to be saved. Raise your hand. I see hands. God's going to honor that. Put your hands up there. Keep your hands up. You want to be saved. Jesus is the Son of God, God the Son. He died for your sins, buried, and rose again. Those of you who have your hand raised, come on up. Come on, come on. If you want to join the church or your Christian experience, I want you to come also. Come on, come on, come on. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Hello. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Tell... Ask Rachel to come on down. For, I want to talk to her. All right, put somebody else on the camera. Uh, if you need to be saved, put your hand in there. Don't go to hell. Don't let the, don't let the world fool you. Amen. It's appointed unto men once to die. And judgment. Perhaps you are saved looking for how, how many of you don't have a church home? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You don't have a church home. Just be honest. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not prejudiced. We got the best church in the world. Hands down. Hands down. Come on, brother. Come on, join this church, man. Come on. Praise the Lord. Come on. Praise the Lord. Hands down. Praise Jesus. Love you, man. Boy, love you. There another? Guys want to be saved? You saved, brother? You saved? You saved, brother? You saved? Y'all saved? Save, baby. Save. No, no. Jesus wants to save. 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 Thank you. Praise Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. You all right, man?
said, Pastor, you married me and my wife 17 years ago. I need you to pray for me. All right. Praise Jesus. Ha! I love you. This is Rachel. Can I tell a story how we met? Yes. She's a sophomore at Rowan. And I took Sister going out to Bertucci's to eat a pizza. And she was our wait waitress. And I said, you know, we got, got to talking. So she said, I'm in the TV and technology. I said, oh, great. So we exchanged numbers and I called her. She'd been on our cameras. I love her. Oh, Lord. Thank God for you. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So, uh-huh. Where's your wife and two daughters? Come on up. Come on up, baby. Rochelle, come on, baby. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on, baby. That's it. That's it. Thank you, darling. Come on. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. And I, so I married y'all 17 years ago, huh? No, that was my twin brother. That wasn't me, baby. Clear it up there. Clear it up. Oh, look at this beautiful family. Thank you. Is there another? Is there another? Praise Jesus. Listen, thank you guys for coming up. Love you. You follow. Let me get uh, uh, Roy. It, yeah, leave him to Christ. I don't want no, you know, come on. Don't even talk about baptism. Come on. Praise Jesus. Go ahead. Praise the Lord. Go ahead. Cleve, go ahead. Come on, come on, come on. God bless you. We love you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.